Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fairy Conclave. This is episode number 39. I am one of your hosts, Alec, and joining me on the line, it's Jerem. How are you doing today, Jerem? I am doing all right, and the reason I'm doing all right is we have some pet cards that can't find a home, and we're a little concerned, a little sad, but that's why we're doing this episode, because we want to talk about these these pet cards and maybe discuss potential homes for them. So my heart goes out to these cards, but nonetheless, I am excited to talk about them with you. So this will be a great episode. Yes, I feel the same way. I think we talk so much about commander decks with cards that do so well in those decks that they stay in those decks for many years. And it it is hard to talk about the cards that don't quite make the cut, the ones that you want to play so badly, but that you just you just have to take out for one reason or another, and they, they just end up back in your binder instead of in the deck box where you want them to be. But yeah, we're, we're here today to talk about this topic and to make it through um, a list of each of our top five pet cards that we unfortunately cannot find homes for. But they're getting a whole episode right now, which is pretty awesome. So it's true. <laughs> why don't why don't you start us out with your number five, Alec? What is your sure thing card without a home? Yeah, and I think also if if anyone out there, um, if you are able to use these cards in decks that you have, please let us know because please share. I, yeah. So the these cards on this list all are ones that I've tried to put in multiple decks at multiple different time points and. Um, just being able to hear the story of somebody who uses them successfully in a deck would make me very happy. So yeah, definitely reach out to us if you use these cards. Um, but yeah, without further ado, my number five favorite pet card that cannot find a home is Torrent Elemental, which is four and a blue for a three, five elemental from Fate Reforged. So I've been, I've been trying to use this one for a while now. It's, uh, 3-5 with flying, and it says whenever Torrent Elemental attacks, tap all creatures defending player controls. So, I mean, that seems pretty good. Like, if you're attacking with a big army and it taps everything down, then they can't block. Um, and it also has an activated ability that's 3 hybrid Golgari, hybrid Golgari. So it ends up being in Commander a essentially a 3-color card in Sultai colors. And it says... Um, pay that cost, put Torrent Elemental from Exile onto the battlefield tapped. Activate this ability only anytime you could cast a sorcery. So if it gets removed by something that exiles, you can simply pay the five mana and bring it right back to the battlefield. You know what, Commander, you, who I thought of when you read this card, I thought of Julian and his Sadisi Brew Tyrant deck. Mm. Um, the amount of times, like, he's had a million zombies out and then if he had this out and then he's like okay i'm gonna attack you and tap all your crap and then i'm gonna kill you with these 50 zombies that's what i thought of i don't know if uh that would be a home for it maybe i don't yeah. know if have to get his thoughts on that but that when i thought of sultai i thought of sidisi brood tyrant off the top of my head yeah that seems like a pretty solid option um yeah i think so and i i think i'll talk a little bit about why these cards haven't made it in each time and mm -hmm. for this one the reason is uh, its effect is an attack trigger, which, I mean, a lot of really, like, prevalent cards in Commander have attack triggers. But yeah, something about this one, I think, is just, 
it's like slightly too slow on an attack like i would almost wish it were an enters the battlefield tap all creatures a player controls or something like that just because um the few times i've been able to play this card people can see it coming from a mile away and it's very right. easy to tap this down so it can't attack do something else to it remove it something like that before you get that attack trigger to work in your favor and then the other thing is attacking and tapping creatures defending player controls doesn't do anything unless you have a bunch of creatures also attacking um, right so i do think the fact that it has flying helps a little bit but it has a couple little things here and there that that just aren't quite good enough, and that's why I've been cutting it for my decks. But I do wish that I could find a home for the Torrent Elemental. Because it, it is a super cool effect, but I just feel like uh, I, I can agree with what you said there. It's kind of it's a little niche, but when it works, it works, right. but it requires some setup. So yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. Um, but yeah, someday I'll find a home for this card. So, Jerem, what is your number five on your list of pet cards that can't find a home. So my number five is the Dragon Broodmother, mm. which is two generic, three red and a green to cast. And you get a creature dragon, which has flying. And at the beginning of each upkeep, put a 1-1 one, one red and green dragon creature token with flying Ooh. and devour two into play. So I'm going to read the rules text for devour because it's kind of an interesting one. So as the token comes into play, you may sacrifice any number of creatures it comes into play with twice that many plus one plus one counters on it. And Dragon Broodmother herself is a 4 4. So basically, every single turn, you're getting a flying baby dragon. And if you so choose, you can have those baby dragons devour your other creatures or each other to make them pretty big. And I love this card. I just, I love the trigger on everyone's upkeep. It kind of reminds me of yeah. the, the coma serpent that came out in Kaldheim where you get a three, three coma coil every upkeep. Yeah. I um, think it, it's interesting. Cause this card definitely was released before. I think they started designing cards specifically for commander to, yeah. to say each upkeep and things like that. And yeah, the fact that it does it each upkeep is very, very notable for this one. So, so I I think the biggest problem I have is I don't have a gruel deck, but I I don't know. I just maybe I just need to make a gruel deck and that would be a home for this. But then I I don't know if that really gives it a home either. Like does it need to go on more colors? I'm not entirely sure. I I love the effect. I just I'm struggling to find a place where I can really capitalize on it or, you know, maybe a token strategy. So at the moment as good of a card as it as it is, it's kind of just still in a binder which is which is sad but yeah it's getting a shout out here so yeah and so i will say i i actually recently talked to livy about this card because mm -hmm. he played it against me in a game recently where he was playing the uh partner commander's rograk son of roga and um the Golgari one that moves your plus one plus one counters around. Do you remember that one? It's from the 2016 Ooh. Partner Commanders. Um, Rayhan. Rayhan yeah, last, last of the Abzan, go. I think. Yeah. So, yeah, he. Uh, I. So the tricky thing about this card is it's not just 
like a, a gruel deck that you need to have, but you also need one that can kind of take advantage of the devour two thing. Um, otherwise, yeah. you're just making like one one flyers, which isn't that exciting. But yeah, having the ability to like sacrifice a bunch of creatures to them each turn um, allows you to make them really strong. And that's exactly what Livy was doing is he the deck is all about like making a bunch of creature tokens uh, and using Rograk as like a zero drop creature as like a sacrifice fodder, basically. And he was able to get right. uh, Dragon Broodmother out. And I remember saying that this is a card Jerem's been trying to use somewhere. And so you, you two yeah. definitely need to have a, a conversation about that. Yeah, I feel like it, it definitely needs a supporting color. And I think black is a great supporting color so right i'll have to reach out to livy in that in that aspect so all right next number four what is your number four uh pet card without a home alec yeah number four i have a land it's called mirror pool it's a mythic rare land from oath of the gatewatch here i'll just read it off and then i'll start um trashing on it (laughs) but it's uh (laughs) it's a land that enters tapped and adds colorless to your mana pool and it has two different activated abilities. The first one costs two and a specific colorless, and you tap it and sacrifice it to copy target instant or sorcery spell you control. You may choose new targets for the copy. And then the other activated ability is four and a colorless. Tap and sacrifice it, put a token onto the battlefield that's a copy of target creature you control. So I I just, I really like this card because utility lands are something that are uh, like often not utilized as much as they could, um, especially yeah. in like monocolor decks and two color decks. I think you're pretty safe playing like a pretty high number of utility lands as long as you kind of are able to balance that with all of the color requirements that you have got going on. And this is a card that I've put in many decks just to kind of have it in there. Uh, and in the hopes that I'll be able to copy something huge or copy a spell at the like perfect moment to make it matter. Um, but what ends up happening in reality is I played a tapped land that only gives me colorless mana and then does nothing else. And I mean, the opportunity cost is pretty low, so I'm sure I'll keep trying to push it. But um, yeah, it, it has a couple things against it, mainly that it enters tapped and only adds colorless. That's- what i was gonna <laughs> the enters tapped is just i i see that and immediately just frown i'm like oh yeah why tap? Why? And i i think if it didn't have that if it entered untapped it would still be um it still wouldn't be like overpowered or anything because right. both of the activated abilities you have to sacrifice it for so you only get them the one time um without like recurring right. it or putting a bunch of extra work in so i still think it's not like it's not broken or anything um yeah, and then the other, so that's the main thing is you have to have the colorless mana to activate it and you have to sacrifice it. And um, it only copies things that you control, creature you control, or spell, instant or sorcery you control. So kind of all of those things add up. They're like little things here and there, but they add up to it getting cut very often um, when I really wish, like, and I can see in my mind this like magical Christmas land time where. Um, I have an enormous creature out and I'm able to turn my land into a copy of it and kind of go ham. But alas, it has not mm. happened yet. Yeah, it, it is kind of a 
a far-fetched hope but when it would mm-hmm. if it would work i mean that's awesome but you know it's just kind of like it's kind of a risk you know you never know if it's just going to sit on the battlefield all game right all right jerem what is your number four so my number four is actually a newer card from the new zendikar set and it is relic robber which cost two generic in a red for a goblin rogue and <clears throat> you get a hasty boy so he has haste mm. and when Relic Robber deals combat damage to a player, that player creates a 0-1 colorless goblin construct artifact creature token with this creature cannot block, and at the beginning of your upkeep, this creature deals one damage to you. <laughs> so I love it. And then the flavor text is, here, you take it. So <laughs> I just imagine this little goblin, he went and did something he shouldn't have. He went and messed with his ancestors graves or something he was being facetious and basically he has to get rid of this relic and so (laughs) i in my mind i want to give this guy double strike and so he deals damage Uh... twice gives them two of them make him unblockable but the thing is like i just i can't find a home for that like i feel like it's like the chances of me even getting this so i don't build around it but like what deck can i make that sort of reality come about like i don't know i just feel yeah. like there's a whole lot that needs to to happen so for that reason i haven't found him a home yet but i'm excited to maybe give him a home eventually i do have a home for this card um <gasps> but i'm not sure it's like the perfect home for it so yeah let me explain so i, I have my subira tolzidi caravaner deck which is okay. all about giving your creatures that um are power two or less the ability to draw you cards basically um, okay. which is a really powerful effect in mono red and that's the reason why i like the deck so much but um basically the deck wants to run as many two power creatures that either have haste or have some kind of uh, ability when they're attacking or when they deal combat damage or something just kind of like impactful small creatures because when your opponents are dropping um you know eldrazi or avenger of zendikars or whatever um, you don't want to be sitting over with a bunch of like, like four small tutus. Like you want them to do something, uh, right? More helpful for you. And so I, I play this card in that deck. One because it has haste, and two because I think that activated ability on combat damage is absolutely hilarious. And right? Yeah. I, and I I do think that there are a few decks. I actually so we've been shouting out EDH Rec a lot because it's an amazing website and i'm gonna do it again right now there was an article on edh rec recently about commanders that care about uh creatures with small power and Mm -hmm. subira was on that list and there are a few other legendary creatures on that list so maybe that is worth taking a look at to see if this one has a place there because it is very effective having haste and and being small and getting in for damage so yeah i don't know Uh, i I will take a look at that. I I love weenie decks. I have my Sheree deck, my Grenzo deck. So I love small creatures and then putting them in a scenario where they're really optimized and they're used to the greatest effect, which I think is fun. So I'll have to take a look at that. Yeah. Here, I I just pulled it up for the shout out. It's um, an article by Trent Trombley. It came out on February 18th called Evasive Maneuvers, the Power of Two or Less. So... Yeah, maybe, maybe that'll help find a home for this card. But I, I'm also a fan of this one, and I hope to see it do some hilarious things in the future. Yes. So, number three, Alec, what is your 
next pet card that needs a home. Yeah, so number three, um, this is a card that, uh, like, I knew about it, and I, I liked it a lot when I saw it during the spoiler season of Conspiracy 2, Take the Crown, but I didn't really fall in love with it until something that I know a lot of us can relate with um, is I pulled a foil out of a pack, and I just thought it looked so cool that I was like, I want to use mm. this somewhere, and... The card is Keeper of Keys. It's three blue blue for a 4-4 human rogue mutant creature. And it says, when Keeper of Keys enters the battlefield, you become the monarch, which, awesome, fantastic. I love the monarchy. Great. Card draw, we love it. Um, And then its second ability is, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you are the monarch, creatures you control cannot be blocked this turn. Nice. Which is... A very interesting ability for a mono blue card because it's very aggressive. Like, yeah, yeah, just uh, holding the monarchy and then like going full out with all of your creatures, making them all like all of your creatures being unblockable is pretty huge. I think. Yeah, so I, I think it's interesting that it's a mono blue card that kind of encourages this really cool aggressive strategy that, of course, requires some setup, but. Uh, yeah, it's something different from the thing Mono Blue usually does. But yeah, this card not being legendary, I can't play it as a commander. Um, and I just haven't been able to find any decks that I build that include blue that can use its ability, really, because a lot of my blue decks just don't have a lot of creatures. So I'm still searching for a commander and a even a, a strategy to put this card into where it will be useful. But yeah, I'll keep well, looking. and... Even the new commander Jared Carthalian True Air, he doesn't have blue. Mm. That's like the the monarch commander, like that came out in Commander Legends. Right. Um, but yeah. unfortunately, uh, doesn't have blue. But I don't know if that would even be a home, even if it did have blue. But still, that's what yeah. I thought of. My thought of monarch. That's the other thing is I, I have a Queen Marchesa deck that's all about keeping the monarchy um, and using it to your advantage, but also does not include blue. So yeah, if this card were any uh, any mardu color black white or red i it would definitely be in my queen marchesa deck but um yeah unfortunately the blue color both makes it more interesting um but also harder to find a home for so that is where i'm at right all right what is your number three so my number three i'm pausing for effect is mirror march (laughs) which i think is an incredible card and i'm gonna read it to you it's quite spicy so it costs five generic in a red. You get an enchantment, which says, whenever a non-token creature enters the battlefield under your control, flip a coin until you lose a flip. For each flip you won, create a token that's a copy of that creature. Those tokens gain haste. Exile them at the beginning of the next end step. Whew. So wow. Funny. So um, I think this was a pretty crazy card when it was in standard. Um I think a lot of shenanigans were going about, but I really wanted to make this work in a commander deck. I just, I love the effect of being able to cast even a, any any creature. If I win two or three flips on any creature and get copies of them, I think that is hilarious. I love that. Um, unfortunately, I, I haven't really found a deck to make this work. I I saw a deck tech a while ago about um, using a, it was an ally deck. What's the ally? The Tazri. Mm. Uh, it was a Tazri deck that kind of used 
mere march in conjunction with some enchantments to you know make a bunch of allies and stuff which i thought was interesting but it wasn't enough for me to really pull the trigger on making that deck you know happen but i don't know i just i love this effect but i just haven't really found a place where i can use it because six mana is kind of a lot which i'm willing to pay but i just it needs to be in a in the right home you know so still yeah kind of up in the air at the moment yeah, this is a, another card that I also really like, just because I think the potential for it doing something completely wild is so hard to resist. But mm -hmm. yeah, it, it is hard to spend um, six mana on an enchantment that basically, probably for the whole turn cycle you cast it, will do n absolutely nothing. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, yeah, because you can't... It's really hard to follow up six mana with another creature afterwards, like right after. So, yeah, I I think it is hard. And this is the perfect kind of card that, that gets cut um, just because, you know, when you need one more card draw card or another removal spell or something, um, yeah. you're, just, you're just eyeing that six mana enchantment. Um, yeah, and I, I do think I have fond memories of this card because on when you're playing on Magic Arena it doesn't like show you the individual coin flips. It just does it automatically. And then it's like, cool. here's two, here's two copies. Here's three copies. And so there are all these like videos of people playing decks with this card where they'll like cast a creature and then it basically like enters the battlefield and they're just like 20 copies <laughs> oh, <laughs> that just pop out so funny. and it just looks so funny on magic arena. So yeah, I, I hope you find a, a home for this card someday. Yeah. I, I'm still hoping. I think it's fun. It's a fun one to to keep in my back pocket for maybe a spoiler down the road. But until Definitely. then, it's the it's still waiting. For sure. All right, number two, Alec. What is your uh, number two pet card? Yeah. So speaking of six mana <sighs> cards that do nothing, <laughs> my number two <laughs> is Planar Bridge. It's six colorless mana for a legendary artifact, and it has an activated ability that costs eight generic and Whoa. uh eight generic and tap you search your library for a permanent card put it onto the battlefield then shuffle and <laughs> so clearly that effect wow not just a tutor but a tutor straight onto the battlefield is very impactful however wow. the thing that is so hard about this is that it's for the first card it's a total of 14 mana and uh, it's really hard unless you're doing um, some combo shenanigans like to be able to get to 14 mana. Um, like certainly probably not happening in one turn, so you can't get them out of nowhere. And then this card is such a huge target when it enters the battlefield that all of your opponents are going to be looking at it and panicking, thinking about how to get rid of it. And um, yeah, and that's one of the reasons why it never quite makes it into your deck. Um, or any of my decks at least I spent a long time with this card in my um, Sisse Weatherlight Captain deck because Ooh. Sisse can tutor for legendary um, permanence so it can tutor for this card and then both of them like in conjunction can tutor for other things but it's just like way too mana intensive for that deck and eventually I just cut it for a more impactful <laughs> legendary creature or something but I still hold on hope that there's a deck out there that can make use of the planar bridge and just get me giant permanence onto the battlefield over and over again. So 
I am happy to tell you I have a deck where Planar Bridge is an all-star. Ooh, tell me. And that deck is my Duretti Scrap Savant mm. deck. So I, ideally what, what happens is if I have... I'm always happy to see this card because usually I just pitch it to the graveyard right away and then I'm able to cheat it out with Duretti's ability. So I never okay. have to pay six mana for it. Nice. On top of that... The greatest enabling card I have with this is Unwinding Clock, where it's untap all artifacts uh... during each other player's untap step. So I've had a couple games where I had Unwinding Clock and Planar Bridge out, and then just using my mana rocks, I'm able to tutor out cards and just abuse this like none other. So I think on one turn cycle, I... I used this and got Mycosynth <laughs> Lattice. All my lands would untap. And then the Ooh. next cycle, I got Voltaic Key so I could untap Planar Bridge twice. And then I was able to tutor up two cards. And then by the time it got to my turn again, I I think my opponents conceded just because I basically had... <laughs> so much value. I had the wit. Yeah. I, I don't know if I had like an infinite combo per se, but I had basically anything I needed. And so... um, But... Again, this is a deck that's entirely about artifacts and artifact shenanigans. Right. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's the secret. I think that is exactly the deck that this card is perfect because the the two big marks against this card are the mana cost and then the tap. So you can only do it once per turn cycle naturally, and yeah, yeah being able to um, cheat on the mana cost and then also untap it and be able to use it multiple times. Um, before your opponents can really uh, make it stop is something that, yeah, that seems like the perfect home for this. That's awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Yeah. So hopefully you can find one that works for you, but I, I am happy to, to let everyone know <laughs> I found one that works for me. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, that's perfect. All right. What is your number two? So my number two, I have, this would be my number one, except, well, when we get to number one, we'll talk about that later, but this is, I'd say almost my number one, and that is Lich's Mastery, yes. which costs three generic and then three blacks. Again, six mana, so that's kind of a turnoff already. But you get a legendary enchantment from Dominaria, and it has hexproof, an enchantment with hexproof. So that's kind of cool. It literally says, you can't lose the game, period. Wow. <laughs> Next, it says, whenever you gain life, draw that many cards. <laughs> okay. okay. Whenever you lose life, for each one life you lost, exile a permanent you control or a card from your hand or graveyard. And then lastly, when Lich's Mastery leaves the battlefield, you lose the game. Ah, okay. So there's there's a kicker. So I believe um, a long time ago in Magic, there was basically this same sort of text on a creature. I don't think it had hexproof. I don't remember what it was called. Maybe someone can Yeah, it's, it's something Lich-related. Yeah. I love that this is an enchantment, and I just... I love the art. It's clearly someone who's made a horrible pact. There's a dead body and blood everywhere. There's candles. So there's something super evil happening in this, and I, I really like it. I love the effects. I just... The problem is, I think I had... I used to run this, actually, in my zombie deck, in my Verena deck, um, mm. which was nice because I would attack and gain life and draw cards um however it i think i lost 
every time I got this out because someone was able to do an <laughs> enchantment board wipe or uh, yeah. I eventually just had to sacrifice it because I just was getting hit too much. Um, so I don't know. I just, I love the effects on it. I love the art. I love everything about it, but I just haven't been able to find, haven't been able to, you know, find the right spot for it. So yeah, I don't know. <clears throat> I know you're a fan of the, uh, like go all in on one card that might be your yeah. downfall, but if not, it will be really strong. And this is like yeah. the perfect example of that. Um, it's super risky, which I think is fun too. So, yeah. So I I pulled up the card that you were talking about. It's it's actually just called Lich. <laughs> oh, <laughs> um, there you go. And yeah, so it's an enchantment, which is kind of weird because it's a creature name, um, but it's from Alpha, so that makes a little more sense. And it's it yep. costs black, 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 black for an enchantment. Um, as it enters the battlefield, you lose life equal to your life total. But you don't lose life for having zero. You don't lose the game for having zero or less life. If you would gain life, draw that many cards instead. Whenever you're dealt damage, sacrifice that many non-token permanents. If you can't, you lose the game. And when it is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, you lose the game. So this is basically mm -hmm. like a much more uh, like protected version of that kind of effect. Yeah. So I I don't know. It's I. Maybe one day I'll find something that works for it, um, you know. But honestly, I'm pulling up EDH Rec right now to see what <laughs> the top commander is that this is in, and the, the top commander is Phage the Untouchable, which uh, that makes sense. Um, so maybe going with that theme, but I don't know. Yeah, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of hard. I think maybe one of the de the best places to put this <laughs> card is a uh, a deck with a lot of life gain just so you can really yeah. capitalize on that gaining life to draw cards thing. Cause that is very, very strong. Um, yeah. Yeah. Imagine even just like having a couple soul sisters out and uh, you'll draw cards mm. every turn. Yeah. Stuff like that. I don't know. That's a hard one though. Cause it is very risky. It's like what deck is uh, okay with this type of risk? I don't know. I think my, my little brother has this in his Aloro ageless ascetic deck. So he's able to, if he has it out, He'll draw three cards every um yeah of his that's, upkeep, which that's is really good which is nice um but that's not generally a creature heavy deck or permanent heavy deck so i don't know mm. maybe listeners can give us some help with this one but i definitely love it so we'll see yeah that's Only a fun time one tell what what happens with it all right number one what is your number one pet card without a home <laughs> yes all right yeah so my number one pet card that can't find a home is one i'm sure you've all heard of it it's from eldritch moon one of my favorite sets and it is called permeating mass and i know i probably don't have to read it because you all know what it does but i'll do it anyway it's one green mana for a one three spirit creature so you can get this right out on the battlefield turn one um and start warping the game around it its ability is whenever it deals combat damage to a creature that creature becomes a copy of Permeating Mass. Whoa. Woodland That's Geists cool. concluded that Emrakul would be unable to warp the denizens of the forest if the Geists got there first. So <laughs> that's, I mean, ever since I this card was released, it has been one that I've been wanting to play in Commander just because that effect is not, like, it's not a common effect at all. It's very unique and kind of hilarious. Like, most of the time, uh, this creature, when it attacks or blocks 
when it interacts with another creature, it will die and then cause the other one to become a copy of it. So mm-hmm. it basically will die each time. So it'll just be this like murderous permeating mass going through the battlefield, like board to board, Ugh. murdering one creature at a time, which I think is just the funniest thing. It's so funny. And then if you're able to use it against like a one, one or a two, one, and have it stick around and then the amount of permeating masses doubles from there on out i think is just so funny to me and i think it would be so worth it the problem is it doesn't allow for a lot of like cheating of the effect so it has to deal combat damage to a creature so you can't use right. it to like uh you can't give it um like thorn bite staff or an equipment or something to make it mm, right, deal damage right. it has to be through combat um which you can't really plan for because like if I have this out, people will attack me if they know I can't block with it. So it doesn't really help there. And if I attack with it, they just won't block because it's only one damage. So I haven't quite figured out how to use it. Maybe a quietus spike. That's a card we've talked about recently is something that can, can make this more uh, impactful, make people want to block it. But yeah, it's just always a one of those one mana cards that I want to put in a deck, but I always look at it and it's not quite right for any of the decks I've tried to put it in, so it gets gets taken out. I love how it's just basically a plague that yes you can't get rid of unless the board is cleansed with like a damnation or something. You know, it's exactly. Just, I think that's a really flavorful, fun card. Hopefully, we can find a a good home for him. Yeah, that's maybe awesome. that's it. Actually, is more of a like plague themed deck or maybe that's like a little too uh too real too too accurate to real life to (laughs) to make a deck out of i don't know (laughs) too soon too soon yeah wow that's i think it's i've never seen that card till you brought it up today i love that awesome really fun yeah yeah i i have a a couple copies of this card i've just i just love it so much it's so unique and someday i'll i will play it (laughs) uh what about you what is your number one top pet card that you can't find a home for so I don't think you're going to be surprised by this, but my favorite card, I think of all time in all of magic ever is sacred Mesa and sacred Mesa is an enchantment for two generic and a white. And it says at the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice sacred Mesa, unless you sacrifice a Pegasus, What? but it has a, an activated ability of one generic and a white that says, put a one, one white Pegasus creature token with flying onto the battlefield. Oh, I love everything about that. Ooh. I love that so much. Yeah. I Pegasus are my by far my favorite creature type in all of Magic. I know my favorite color is black. I am sorry. Again, Lich's Mastery is close to this one. But I think the fact that these Pegasuses are white is that's their only flaw. But other than that, they're just so perfect. <laughs> and I just I used to actually run this in my uh, Derevi Imperial Tactician deck, and mm. then if I had like Seedborn Muse out, I would be able to create a bunch of Pegasuses on each turn or Pegasi. I don't know. Unfortunately, I just it never really felt right. I I loved it in there, but I think I tried to beef that deck up a bit, make it a bit stronger, and I think this was a card I had to turn to 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 cut. I shed uh, a small yes. tear as I took it out. But it still holds a dear place in my heart, and I'm really hoping one day to find a commander that will really 
accommodate this or a deck that'll accommodate this because these pegasuses need to be loved um yes they also need to be sacrificed <laughs> which is i guess which which is very black of this enchantment uh, right but that's okay yeah the the flavor so. of this is a little bit confusing to me because why is this sacred mesa this this sacred place where the pegasi live why are they sa being sacrificed to it i, I don't know i don't know <laughs> i wish uh the convert the mana cost of this was just white black. I think that would be that'd be really mm, yeah. I think more befitting, but I don't know. So hopefully I can find a deck where I'm really able to just generate a ton of mana and then just create an army of Pegasi, you know, maybe with yeah. like Storm Herd or something. I don't know. Yeah, I think but, the thing you, about this card you know. is it's the classic like your eyes are bigger than your stomach, right? Like, same, yes. it's like, yes. you imagine if you have 30 mana, you just dump all of it into Sacred Mesa and make 15 Pegasus tokens. But then in reality, you you play it and you spend five mana total to make one, one, one Pegasus token that you have to sacrifice. And <sighs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's it I bad. mean, you, you know there's a deck out there that can play this card, but just not sure what it is right, right now so fellow listeners please help me because every day that goes by that this doesn't have a home is just a thorn <laughs> in my side so we really need to figure this one out i don't know when that will happen but hopefully we can find a good place for these pegasi to reside but until then still a, an awesome card that i enjoy seeing anytime it comes around so i'm glad we were able to give it some attention here for sure me too yeah, so if anybody else out there, if you have some pet cards you're trying to find homes for, you want some input, you want to talk about it, or you have ideas from some of the cards we talked about today, come hit us up on our Discord or our Instagram, which you can find links to in the episode description below. And we, yeah, we would love to, to hear about it and, and talk about it. Again, thank you all for coming this splendid uh, weekend or weekday that you're listening to our episode. We hope you have a great, safe time wherever you may be. And as always, welcome to the Clave, everybody. And we will catch you all next time. Thank you.